Hello everyone. Welcome to Yashoda Hospital's online segment, The Health Talk Session. Today's topic is valvular heart disease. Do post your queries on our comment section and we'll get them answered shortly. I'm Dr. Lakshmi and today we have with us Dr. V. Rajshekar, Senior Consultant Cardiologist from Yashoda Hospital's Sikhindrabad. Welcome, sir. So to begin with, how common are the valvular heart disease in our country and in the recent trends, how has it been going? Valvular heart disease is fairly common uh, in our clinical practice. If you look at the profile of valvular heart disease, a couple of decades ago, predominant cause of valvular heart disease was rheumatic heart disease, where a childhood rheumatic fever uh, leads to scarring of the heart valves, especially the mitral and the aortic valves. and uh, with advancing age, uh, the patients present to us with uh, problems uh, with those valves. But uh, by and large, uh, now uh, with an active uh, rheumatic heart disease prophylaxis program, we see a declining trend or declining incidence of rheumatic heart disease. And we are seeing more cases of degenerative valvular heart disease. Basically, degenerative valvular heart disease is uh, a manifestation of degeneration or aging process that occurs in the heart valves, the mitral valve as well as the aortic valve. And this uh, with uh, the increasing longevity and increasing health standards as people are living longer, you see more uh, incidence of uh, degenerative valvular heart disease. More often, the degenerative process affects the aortic valve. It's called degenerative aortic valve stenosis. And uh, it is usually seen in the elderly. In a small uh, subset of people, uh, this is congenital. It is present from birth. Uh, normally, the, the aortic valve is uh, tricuspid. It has got three leaflets. But in some people, by birth, it is either bicuspid or monocuspid. So these valves are prone for more wear and tear with age and therefore uh, they present with valvular heart disease affecting the aortic valve. That is called bicuspid aortic valve disease. That is a small uh, subset of our patients. But predominantly when we speak of valve disease in the adults, um, it is largely degenerative valve disease. So, sir, what is the common age group that they would be presenting with the valve disease? When we speak of uh, degenerative aortic valve disease, typically this presents after the fifth decade, usually in the sixth, seventh decade, and sometimes in the eighth decade. So, usually most of these patients who have degenerative aortic valve disease are in their 70s or 80s. The younger ones usually have a congenital aortic valve disease or a rheumatic uh, valve disease, but the older patients usually have a degenerative heart disease. Do post your queries on the topic heart and valvular disease and we'll get them answered shortly. So taking few questions from a social media network, we've got Mr. Rajesh asking us from Hyderabad, what are the problems that can cause valvular heart disease? Already spoken about the potential causes of uh, valve disease, it can be rheumatic valve disease, congenital valve disease or it could be degenerative valve disease. So what do the patients with valve disease present to us? What are the symptoms that they have when they come to us? 
I think that's what you're trying to understand. People with valve disease usually come to us complaining of either breathing difficulty on exertion, it's called exertional breathlessness, or they can come to us with chest pain or with rapid heart palpitations, or they can come with uh, episodes of giddiness or uh, blackout, uh, which we call syncope. And uh, these are the different symptoms with which a uh, patient with valve disease can come to us. And once a patient comes to us with any of these symptoms, we investigate the patient for valve disease. One is uh, we start by doing a physical examination. In a physical examination, we often detect uh, the signs of valve disease by the presence of a sound called a heart murmur. There's a rumbling sound inside the heart when we auscultate with the stethoscope uh, that we call a murmur. So the presence of a heart murmur usually indicates the presence of a valvular heart disease. And once we detect a murmur in a patient, we subject the patient to further investigations in the form of an echocardiogram and an electrocardiogram. Uh, there are two types of problems that can occur with problems with valve disease. It could be either to inability, uh, either the inability for the valve to open completely or it could be an inability for the valve to close completely. In the previous instance that when the valve is unable to open properly, there is obstruction to blood flow across the valve. That is called valve stenosis. And if the valve is opening well, but it's not able to close properly, there is leakage of blood across the valve. That is called valve regurgitation. In many situations, there is a combination of both valve stenosis and valve regurgitation. So sir, someone diagnosed with valvular heart disease, what are the symptoms that would suggest that the disease is getting worse? Yeah, most of the time when somebody comes to us early in the stage of a valve disease, we manage to treat them with medications. Medications uh, will be able to control their symptoms to a significant extent. But a point will come in the progression of the disease when the disease has become very severe and medications are no longer sufficient to treat the disease. The signs to watch out for in an individual who suffers from valve disease is worsening breathlessness, worsening chest pain, an inability to carry out his normal activities of daily living, uh, which, he were, which he was able to do earlier. So if any change in the clinical uh, functional status, we call it a functional status of the individual, that is the individual is not able to carry out his normal activities of daily living, which he was a few days back or a few weeks back, was able to carry out without much difficulty. So when there is a worsening clinical uh, condition or functional capacity of the individual, that is the time when the individual should seek a medical review to reassess his heart condition and decide if something more than medicines is required. Do post your queries on the topic valvular heart disease and we'll get them answered shortly. So moving to the next question, we've got Mr. Karthik asking us from Nizambad. He wants to know what is the treatment for severe heart valvular disease. Yeah, when uh, the valve disease progresses to a stage uh, where the patient is severely symptomatic and is unable to carry out his or her normal activities of daily living without any symptoms, 
and uh, that is the time when we make an assessment and decide if uh, the patient requires something more than medicines. So unfortunately, in the natural progression of uh, most patients of valve disease, this, this stage will come one day or the other. And when this happens, the only definitive treatment for these individuals is to replace the diseased valve. That is called a valve replacement surgery. In the case of the aortic valve, uh, that is the main valve that connects uh, blood, the heart to the aorta. Uh, it is called aortic valve replacement. Conventionally, this aortic valve replacement is uh, done by means of an open heart surgery. It's called a surgical aortic valve replacement. That has been the standard uh, treatment for aortic valve disease. Uh, that has been there for several decades and it's a relatively safe and effective surgery and patients usually go home in about five or six days. It is also possible to do this surgery with a small cut which is called a minimally invasive aortic valve replacement and the results are usually excellent. But there are some individuals, some patients who are too old or are too frail or they have other problems with their lungs or their kidneys or with their brain which makes them not suitable candidates for undergoing an open heart surgery. In these individuals, there is an alternative method of replacing their uh, aortic valve that is called a transcatheter aortic valve replacement. Transcatheter aortic valve replacement means that we can replace uh, or implant a new artificial aortic valve in a patient with severe aortic valve disease without the requirement of an open heart surgery. This is done just the way we do an angiogram or an angioplasty through the artery in the groin. We pass a small tube and through the tube we pass the valve and implant it in the position that is required with the help of x-ray. Tell us more about the trans uh, catheter valve. How safe and uh, how successful is it in your clinical experience? Yeah, it's an extremely safe and uh, successful procedure. Uh, it can be done with as much success as an open heart uh, valve surgery uh, and it can be much safer. So first of all, we eliminate the risk of general anesthesia. We, risk, we eliminate the risk of putting the patient on a mechanical ventilator. We, uh, we avoid all the complications that are associated with a heart lung machine and open heart surgery. So this is typically performed uh, under local anesthesia. It can be performed in about 45 minutes to one hour. And usually within two days, the patient goes home. So there have been several uh, clinical trials all over the world which have compared uh, this transcatheter aortic valve implantation with a surgical aortic valve replacement. And it has been found to be much safer and equally effective across all age groups and across all kinds of patients. So therefore, in those individuals who are not in a fit position to undergo an open heart surgery, transcatheter valve replacement is the ideal option. So taking the next question, we've got Mr. Samrat asking us from Warangal. He wants to know what is the difference between mechanical heart valve and tissue heart valve? Typically, this uh, implantable artificial heart valves are of two types. One type of valve is uh, the metallic valve, 
which has been traditionally the metallic valve has been used for several decades with very good results. For younger individuals, we, are, we prefer to implant a metallic aortic valve. That's because metallic valves are very durable. They last for three decades or even sometimes even more. But in older individuals, we implant what is called tissue valves. Tissue valves are actually made up of some form of living tissue, which are derived from some kind of an animal. And tissue valves are usually reserved for those individuals who are older, uh, who are usually more than 60 or 65 years of age. The chief difference in the metallic aortic valve and the tissue aortic valve is that an individual who gets a metallic aortic valve needs to be on a blood thinning medication for the rest of his life. Otherwise, there's a risk that there can be clot formation on the valve and compromise the function of the valve. So that individual has to be on a lifelong blood thinning medication, which puts the individual at risk of complications of the blood thinning medication. So in older people and frail people, we try to avoid the metallic valve because we don't want them to put them on lifelong blood thinning medication. And because they are older, we don't need such durable valves. So tissue valves are a good alternative for them. And because they can be, uh, the tissue valves uh, become part of the human body once they are implanted in a few weeks time. And there is no requirement for a lifelong blood thinning medication in these individuals. The transcatheter aortic valve that is implanted without surgery is typically a tissue heart valve. So because it's a tissue heart valve, it is usually reserved for the individuals who are older than 70 years or more. So sir, in general, after transcatheter valve surgery, how long does the patient take to recover? The patient usually recovers uh, immediately. In fact, there's no general anesthesia. And uh, quite often the same evening, the patient can sit up in bed and uh, Patient usually walks either the same evening or the next morning. And in a couple of days, the patient usually goes home and resumes normal life. Usually, apart from taking a few medications and coming for regular follow-up checkup, there is no major do's and don'ts with respect uh, uh, to the patient once he has had a transcatheter valve surgery. So it's, it's truly a minimally invasive or a, a or a non-surgical method of replacing the aortic valve and uh, and the recovery of the patients is dramatic because most of the symptoms are immediately uh, eliminated and patient feels better the very same day of the surgery. So sir, because of this pandemic, we also had a group of patients postponing or neglecting their general heart conditions. So was that challenging in your uh, clinical experience? Oh yes, I think uh, that's a very important question because uh, we have seen that because of the fear of the pandemic and because of the fear of going to hospitals, many people have actually ignored their heart symptoms and have even neglected potentially life-threatening heart conditions and have delayed seeking medical opinion. There have been some people who have uh, paid heavily because of that. Uh, but we have uh, tried our best to, to 
to create a safe environment for patients to seek medical help when they have a cardiac emergency or a cardiac related problem to seek uh, a medical opinion and get medical testing done in a safe environment for them. So sir, during this pandemic, how challenging was it to perform surgeries? Well, it was a bit of a challenge. The challenge was on several fronts. Uh, first is to convince the patient that he needs the procedure and regardless of the COVID situation, we cannot wait uh, and we cannot postpone these cardiac procedures in these patients. The second is, of course, to make sure that uh, the patient doesn't have COVID when we take up a patient for surgery because in somebody who has active COVID or has had recent COVID, it is recommended that we actually postpone the surgery by a few weeks for the safety of the patient. And of course, the personal precautions that we as surgeons have to take while treating patients. Uh, so on multiple fronts, it was a challenge, but uh, we were happy that we were able to do a lot of surgeries, hundreds of surgeries, hundreds of cardiac procedures, angioplasties in patients even during the COVID season. And we even do uh, manage to successfully perform several transcatheter aortic valve replacement procedures during the COVID pandemic. So taking few questions from a social media network, we've got Mr. Vijay asking us from Nellur. He wants to know what are the measures one should take to prevent valvular heart disease? Well, the degenerative valvular heart disease is a process of aging. So it's nothing really one can do to prevent it. But of course, uh, all interventions that help to reduce the incidence of atherosclerotic heart disease will also help in reducing the incidence of degenerative valve disease. The healthy lifestyle, controlling high blood pressure, controlling diabetes, controlling cholesterol, and an active life, an active lifestyle, uh, all these will help in reducing the incidence of degenerative heart disease. This brings us to the end of the session. Hope all your queries on this topic were answered. Do let us know what topics you would like to discuss with our doctors here. Thank you for joining and we will look forward for your active participation for the next week as well.